Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. I got an email out of the blue this weekend from a name that I have been waiting for an email from for 15 years. It is the name of a high school teacher that I had who I consider to be my first spiritual teacher of any kind. Oh, wow. And and you might even say first teacher of any kind that I paid any attention to at all. <laughs> uh, okay. That, that I thought was like worth listening to because they taught me things. Uh, and But it was a teacher who introduced me to a lot of important philosophers and thinkers and religious and mystical flavors. And this was around the time that I read my first book about Buddhism. Uh, but I can't remember if, if he led me to it directly. Uh, but he was a, a, a Sufi initiate, like a Muslim mystical, like, uh, I don't know, initiate is the only word that I remember. Like, like he, he was part of an order kind of, you know, like we are initiates, like Jukai is an initiation. You and I are yeah. Soto Zen initiates, but, but he was a Muslim and, and like, that was part of what was interesting. Uh, he was a convert. He was a, a, a Irish Catholic guy from new England who had converted to Islam and joined the Sufi order. So a lot of pivotal kind of first spiritual experiences you might say happened with this guy as sort of my guiding teacher into college, like first year of college. The last time I saw him was winter break of freshman year of college. And then I stopped being able to reach him for reasons that I don't know. Uh, and then last weekend, I, th I think about him all the time. I talk about him all the time. I point to him as a huge influence on me. I reminisce about him with the people I went to high school with. Uh, so I, he's in my thoughts all the time. And I don't remember if I've talked about him on the show. I feel like probably not. Uh, but he uh, was a big influence on everything that that has happened since that we have talked about. And, you know, he's the reason I'm here in a very direct way. So last weekend, I got an email that from the contact form on my website that said, are you the same John Mitchell that I remember from where I went to high school? And it was him. He said, I found you on the ASZC website because I was looking at the podcasts that you mm -hmm. do there. And I couldn't believe like I saw your name and I thought it was you but I looked at the picture I looked at your picture and I didn't recognize you so I'm not sure if it's you or not let me know and I wrote him back and I said like yeah it's me I'm really glad to hear from you I have questions why are you looking at a Soto Zen Sangha's podcasts uh, yeah <laughs> and question. you know like we we caught up big time and it turns out that he's been sitting at our sangha off and on for what? five or so or so years, uh, and it left Islam. I haven't heard from him yet. Sort of what that means. Uh, I can't wait to catch up. 
he was there two weeks ago, and and I would have seen him. Well, we need to get him on the show. Yeah, that's true. That's the conclusion. <laughs> the the the, the uh, I talked. I had a call with Sensei, and he knows of him very well and thinks he's a cool guy, and like was kind of moved by how deep of a connection I have with him. I really, if I would have just run into him in the Zendo, I don't know what I would have done. Uh, I mean, obviously it would have been wonderful, but like this way is wonderful too. The thing I thought of as like a topic for us is coincidences. This itself is one. There's many of them in a row. And then like a lot of the substance of our, my relationship with him had to do with discussing other kinds of coincidences and sort of what do these mean and how spiritually important are they and that kind of stuff. Like that's the kind of thing he taught me about. So it's very wrapped up in this particular story, but I have tons of these in my life and I wonder if you do too and sort of what you think No, I absolutely do. And, you know, being brought up in a Christian household, you know, you we would often explain these occurrences as God you know, mm-hmm. like God has a plan for you. He did this, this, and this. And I don't know. Sometimes I think that things work out so well for me. I don't know. I don't often know how they do. Now, is that a coincidence mm-hmm. or do I just have a positive outlook on life? <laughs> 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 well, let me explain. When I found out I was sick with lupus, I had like worked for Sally's beauty supply and in the past years I had uh, actually become a full-time employee and because I was a full-time employee I was able to get disability benefits when I went you know into the hospital and then after that because I had had to stop working my doctors told me to they said you know you can't so then I, I had stopped working and that enabled me basically you know, getting social security is not a very easy thing to do. And a Mm -hmm. lot of people have to get lawyers and everything like that. Uh, But for whatever reason, you know, my, my test results, my, the, the extent of my illness and just having the proof that like I went from working to not working at all, you Mm know, um, they, they gave me social security. And then doing that, I was able to, do artwork for a couple of years and it was you know a wonderful experience of just waking up every day and that was my only job was doing artwork well it was mm-hmm. also working on like uh delving out 50 dollars here and 25 dollars there to all the hospitals mm-hmm. uh, visits and things that i had to pay for because i didn't have insurance at the time and uh everything but then of course being on social security you get medicare and um being low income i was able to get medicaid and um, and then I started going to uh, counseling and stuff. My therapist was like, you can also do vocational rehabilitation if you want to go back to work. They can help you. Got my entire bachelor's degree paid for. Um, and then, you know, after after I did that, I still, you know, still stayed on Social Security so I could go and get my master's degree. And that's like my life journey of my 20s. So I don't know how everything worked out so well for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I. It's so weird that like just everything had to be lined up. And I, I think that it, if anything had gone a little bit differently, then I might not be uh, where I am today. 
did you ever have a moment of that where you sort of like like some specific thing happened and you were like waiting for for like a yes or a no or like a like a like this is or isn't going to happen and then it happened and you had a reaction to that moment of like i can't believe it like were there were there any of that felt just like uh divine intervention or something like at the time or is it mostly about like looking back at how insane it was and realizing that it was so was so unlikely yeah i don't think it's really my personality to get like super excited about things and have like uh-huh. <laughs> I um uh, I used to I used to get more excited about things and I used to get more depressed about things too. Mm. So I've kind of mellowed out in both ends and I don't get very excited and I don't get very depressed, but I I kind of like that better, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh so no, I don't think I ever got like super excited about any of these coincidences, but I did recognize deeply how um how privileged I was to even though I had a bad situation and I did everything I was supposed to do and I turned it into a situation that um, that benefited me and that like I was able to get more more things and get more of what I needed from life because of those situations. And um, I mean, I, I, I will credit myself with some of that, but, you know, a lot of it had to do with external forces, too. So you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that the external forces were there as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that, you know, I got so lucky into having those, the the influences that I did. Yeah. Lucky is kind of the other word, right? Lucky is the one <laughs> yeah. that, that, uh, people who I have this, I have this friend who has this almost religious, I mean, I wouldn't say almost maybe like his religious feeling, comes from the experience of randomness and chance, you know, kind of in the exact opposite way that you're saying about people from religious backgrounds who are like, oh, something unlikely and amazing happening is is, is proof that God is like manually making things happen in the universe. Yeah. You know, like his, his he has the same, he, he, that, he draws a total blank when somebody says something like that, like how could you possibly believe that the universe works like that? But if he replaces the thing that they're saying about God's plan with like complete roll of the dice landed on this outcome, uh, he gets the same kind of religious feeling about it. And the thing that they said makes makes perfect sense. So like, like he has, he has this, this unusual relationship to luck. I feel like where he, where he thinks of it as this like cosmic force, but I feel like a lot of people are willing to go far enough to say, Oh, that was lucky as though like, whew, like it could have gone a different way, but, yeah. but luck, luck kind of obscures one's understanding of how the universe works, you know? Yeah. Let me just go into like, you know, finding the right partner too mm. played mm-hmm. a huge role in it as well. Cause I don't think I would have even tried to go to Georgia state university had I not lived in Atlanta, like 10 minutes away from it. Uh-huh. And that it had, the influence of my husband who was more educated than I was at the time um, and who, you know, had a good stable career and stuff. Those weren't really things that I thought that I could ever get. Mm. Um, And, you know, having him and letting, you know, allowing me to stay with him and, you know, help me out while I go to school too. And, you know, I just don't think people like everybody gets these opportunities and I don't see why 
um, what I did to de- to deserve them, like on a karmic mm. scale or or anything like that. I don't I don't think that I'm like really deserved it more than anybody else you know um but you could turn it around easily you could say well you have lupus you have avascular necrosis like i can't get around as well like i i feel sick all the time but i can't see it that way i really can't mm-hmm. mm. so and i don't know w- when you say that way do you mean like in terms of deserving or not deserving what no happened? i i can't see i can't see the the illnesses the the amount of time i have to spend on those things I can't see them as a negative. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. I'm unable to. Like, it. sometimes it feels like maybe in a day, in a given day, I might be like, yeah, this this doesn't feel very good. But it, it in total, I really can't see those things as being anything but a positive influence on my entire life. Hmm. Because of how it's turned out? Yeah, because of how it's turned out and, and how it's it has led me to the things that in my own life, like, you know, I, I, it's made me more in tuned with things like Zen Buddhism Mm -hmm. because it's, it's given me this acceptance of, Mm. of things that are in my life and knowing that I, I need the support of a Sangha and the support of meditation, uh, to reduce the feeling of pain and accept what's already there. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't have tried to seek those out if I didn't already know that I, I had something that I needed to accept. Mm. And I hear that influence too, in the way you're saying that you know that you no longer, or maybe never really did get super up or super down about any particular twist or turn in this path or, you know, just in your life yeah. story that, that, speaks very basically of non-attachment to outcomes and that that doesn't mean and i don't hear you it doesn't sound like you're saying that like you don't have an emotional response to any of these developments oh yeah i absolutely did to all of them but <laughs> so so tell me tell me about what it's like to feel that roller coaster without getting swept up the way it seems like you're saying like you you didn't you didn't have like exultant like god loves me type highs or 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 maybe maybe you're just saying you don't anymore have like sort of depths of despair about the hard parts either i don't think so w- what is it like well i i definitely have days where i where i feel pretty bad like there's yeah. days where i'm just like i you know i'm in a bad mood everything sucks whatever but they don't like last very long like they're not like i know that it's i probably won't even feel the same way like maybe in the same day like maybe later that night like when i get to chill out by myself i'll feel better like it doesn't it none of those feel like as permanent anymore Mm -hmm. they don't feel like they're gonna last forever they just feel kind of bad right then and i think the idea that they're not gonna last forever I think really helps with like not being attached to that emotion because I think when you get really excited, it's easy to get attached to being really excited Mm -hmm. and then you have to find something else that's going to excite you to keep that excitement up. Mm -hmm. Um, I see that a lot with people who, who like to party. They're like, 
okay, let's just, uh, you know, sit down right here. We'll smoke some weed together. Like, no, now I let's go. Now let's go go out and get some drinks. And now let's go. I don't know. Uh, do some other drugs. I don't know. Yeah, right. And I, I never liked that because I, I'm like, there's so many small things to be happy about and and like your everyday life. And if you open your eyes and you and you realize that those small things are more important than those things that you thought were the holy exalting existence <laughs> of God or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, um, again, I think I've, I've been talking about my experience for a, a while now, and, and I want to hear more about uh, your experiences with these kind of things. Well, one of the things that this guy taught me was to put keep these in perspective. That's really what's so interesting about his return to my life being such a prominent it's all it's almost like god you know like let me just use god language because i do use god language but i don't use it the way that we've been talking about it so far but like it's 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 you what you could say poetically that god was withholding this teacher from me until i was ready to like receive him back into my life uh given what he represents to me. Yeah. And, you know, now that I'm settled, I have another teacher, you know, who's also his teacher now, which is hilarious. Like the, the, uh, the relationship will be more of one of peers kind of, or just, you know, like we'll, we'll have, we'll have a lot more back and forth as opposed to sort of me being a teenager who's raging on about how important my own life is and him (laughs) telling me how much bigger the world is than I realized. But that was his initial role. So like I, you know, I, I used to keep track of these kinds of coincidences, synchronicities being sort of the favorite, my favorite synchronicity. There you go. Yeah. That's that's a better word for it. Yeah. That's Carl Jung's word for it. Uh, Okay. And, but, but I, the reason I avoid the word is because I think it actually has taken on, undue new age connotations of meaning exactly the same thing as God's plan. (laughs) You know, do we have in Buddhism, do we have any words to explain these synchronicities? Obviously like Buddhism is an agnostic religion, Uh so we're not saying it's God's plan, uh, but we're all obviously recognizing these synchronicities. Are they, are they actually what we think they are or is it our whole, uh, um, you know, our, our whole like thoughts and, and, um, um, (laughs) perceptions around it that's changed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the Buddhist answer is actually kind of easy. It's just like, you know, there, there are terms for it, like dependent origination, you know, and, and co-arising of phenomena. Like the Buddha says that everything is like this. That's, that's sort of where you end up if you pull on this thread enough, I think it's just like, there are no non magical events. Like everything is interrelated. It's almost, it's almost like the implication of karma that like, yeah, there, there, it's not, it's not that some of these things are magical and some of these things are mundane. It's that they're all magical and you only notice them sometimes. And that's why they seem like magical is a bad word for this, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's like the, the it's, it's the, the sort of uncanny, um, a, a manifestation of reality according to your own perception and ma- and meaning making is the nature of reality. 
according to the teachings of the Buddha. And so it shouldn't be surprising that these things uh, are like inexplicably, you know, deep, like the experiences of our life, because they're what our life consists of. And so we have rare moments of clarity about that. We like realize how meaningful life is. And that's what the experience of wow, what a coincidence actually is. So, so like I, I did, I did actually get to that realization through this particular teacher. So let me just tell you what happened. Okay. Uh, I was really into dreams at one point. I don't remember if we've talked about this, but like I used to ascribe lots of meaning to dreams and I used to write down all of the dreams that I had in exquisite detail. And I had a friend in college, a guy who I went to high school with actually. So another guy that, uh, you know, was a student of this teacher who uh, I was in constant contact with, and he was sort of my skeptical friend. So I was the I was this hippie one, and he was the skeptical one. And but he knew I was into dreams, so he would tell me his dreams and see what I thought, and he would just be like, "Okay, whatever." But uh, one night, a uh, girl that he was dating had a crazy dream that she told him all about. I didn't know this person, and he was like, "Do you want to send that to my friend John?" Who is like really into dreams. And she said, sure. So she typed it up and she sent it to me and it was word for word. And this is like a page long description, like six paragraphs of, of details about a dream word for word, point by point, shot by shot. Like everything about it was identical to a dream that I had just had probably like, like if not the same night, then within a couple of days. So I told my friend this and I said, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. And he was like, I don't believe you. Let, like, let's, let's, let's get online. Let's get on aim and have like a back and forth with her. Uh, and, and I'll ask you both questions privately and see what you say. And we'll see, we'll see if you really had the same dream. And so for like an hour, he grilled us both on like very specific details, very, very careful to not ask leading questions so that one of us would sort of guess what the other would say or something. And I never met this person. I never talked to this person before this night. And, yeah. uh, we produced enough evidence for him that he was finally, he just, I amped both of us and was like, Oh my God. So this really happened. And like, what does that mean? And so, you know, we, the two of us who had the dream were already in that kind of place because of how amazing the dream was. And also just like how incredible it was to talk to someone who had had the same dream as you. We were both already like, okay, this is just a message from God. But like the fact that my, skeptical friend had been placed in between us as the person to confirm that this really happened was an even deeper part of the coincidence for me. So then I went home for winter break and I said to my teacher, I really need to talk to you. Like, I think God is speaking to me and he used our, my friend, you know, who this teacher knew as like a totally skeptical, rational guy, at least before this happened, uh, uh, as the as the test that this was real. So I think God's speaking to me. What do you think? And and th- the words that he said to me, I will never forget. He said he looked up at the ceiling for a minute, and then he looked back at me and he said, "John, what you just told me is no more surprising to me than if you two had walked out into the street the same night and looked up in the sky and saw the same moon hanging there." And and and, and I was crushed when he said Aww. that but 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 then i realized that actually what he was saying was 
way deeper than anything that had ever occurred to me before. He was not saying it's a random coincidence that you two had this dream. He was saying entangled dreams are the kind of thing that happens in the universe sometimes. And this is that kind of universe. And you should expect the unexpected because the universe is stranger than anything you've ever imagined. And so that was actually kind of my first glimpse of like how, you know, deep the rabbit hole goes, spiritually speaking. And and I would go on in my life to have a lot more crazy synchronicities. And, uh, you know, some of them, you know, induced by altered states of consciousness and thinking like super mundane things are really meaningful. Others like truly cannot be explained. And were like at least as crazy as sharing a dream word for word with someone I didn't know. Uh, many of them way crazier than that, but always, always, always ringing in the back of my mind was this idea that I got from my te- from this teacher who has now come back full circle into my life through an equally crazy chain of coincidences that coincidences aren't weird. They are normal. The weird is normal. And so that's a long way of also just answering the thing that I think you were asking about Buddhism, which is like, that is the teaching that the Buddha would have about this is like, you know, everything is mind. And so of course, everything in your life is meaningful because all it consists of is meaning. Yeah. I mean, and, and if I guess what I, what I get holdbacks on is, is the idea, the same idea what I have with Christianity where people say, oh, this is God's plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, synchronicities aside, there are a lot of people who don't have the same privileges or life events as as mine. And uh, why did did I have such uh, such like uh, good synchronicities? Why did why did my life turn out so good and others so bad? Like, wh- why don't they get to have the uh the conveniences that i that i do i think you've got a lot of stuff entangled there like i'm not sure that the idea that everything is made of meaning has a particular moral weight to it like i think i think it's equally part of the implication of this idea that like everybody's looking up in the sky and seeing the same moon that like this is also the kind of world where terrible things happen and that's part of what arises and so like the idea that your coincidence is special is also is the same kind of delusion as Mm -hmm. the idea that like, you know, good, like good things happen and bad things happen. Like, like the, the, the idea that like my life has been good being separate from people's lives being bad. Like, why is my life good and their life bad? Like all of that is true. There, there are good, there are lives that are good and lives that are bad at the same time. And they are co arising with each other. And, and so it's the same thing as saying like these coincidences are all, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, like it's not meaningless. It's, but I guess it, it's the same thing as it is meaningless. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> if everything's special, then nothing's special. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. That's, that is the, that is the point. And so I, I think that the, the thing that I actually learned from this teacher is that, that that it's that thinking of it in terms of specialness or not specialness is just kind of slicing it up unnecessarily it's like dualistic mm-hmm. thinking like we live in a universe where like you can think of your whole life as a coincidence like your whole wonderful life that you're grateful for like that is a coincidence 
because think of all the different ways that it could have not ended up that way. You know, like that's like, and likewise, there are good lives in the world. So how did they, their life end up, somebody else's life end up so hard? It's a coincidence. Coincidence literally just means like things happening at the same time. That's why I like it better than synchronicity because I think synchronicity implies this idea that like they're bound up in some destiny way that like mm-hmm. a synchronicity is like like a significant event and Jung was talking about a psychological aspect to it which is like you know why do these things seem meaningful to us that's the term he was he was referring to like the seeming specialness of it to someone who observes it as a synchronicity and the hippies turned it into a thing that means like you know positive thinking manifested this yeah. in my life and that's that's why i avoid the word i use the word coincidence without really any trouble because it mean it just means coincidence is just it's like another way of saying co-arising which is a buddhist term it's like things that happen at the same time so your life is a coincidence the the hard life you're imagining and wondering why is it like this that's a coincidence too like the 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 message of a crazy synchronicity is like you can't wrap your mind around why a particular thing happens in the universe. You have to accept all of the things that happen in the universe as the way the universe is. Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.